Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 216 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am once again joined by the wonderful Katie, and we are going to be talking more zombies today. How are you doing, Katie? I am doing pretty fine. <laughs> Not too shabby. Not too shabby. That's good. That's good. Um, have you gotten into any geeky stuff? I know both of us had have, have had very, very, very busy weeks. <laughs> I have had a very long week, but um, I did watch the movies that were required of me for another podcast, um, Disney Forever, and I watched those. Highly recommend Tomorrowland if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Tomorrowland. I'm trying to remember that one. It's like George Clooney and something. I forget who else is in it, but um, like names off the top of my head. But it was in, um, came out in like 2015. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Um, I had never seen it before, um, but Void was like, well, I saw this in theaters. I think he saw it in theaters and he really liked it. Um, and then we watched... The Incredible Journey, which was not good. <laughs> which one? The original or the remake with Sally? What's her face? Um, Field? <laughs> yeah, Sally Field. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why can't I remember her last name? That's the only Sally I know of that's, a <laughs> that's an actress. Um, but no, we watched the original one from the 1960s, and it was boring AF. Just oh, see, I loved that when I was growing up. I, I'm sure people did, but, the, the <laughs> but movie, I didn't. <laughs> the movie was pretty boring and the narrator was really annoying. But you can get a full recap of these if you listen to Disney Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Not trying to plug my own podcast, which is one of five podcasts that I'm on. Um, Just saying. Um, and then right <laughs> well, you before definitely the, promote promote know, right? promote promote <laughs> when you were talking to me before void sent me a text and he was talking about another movie that he was watching <laughs> <laughs> um but i also i've been watching once upon a time um oh cool i so like i got to a certain point in that show and then i just stopped watching it because i was really tired of time travel to be honest same i was not because i was tired of time travel but it was just like a lot going on and I just stopped watching it and fell behind and then never yeah. picked it back up. Yeah. It got to that point where it was like, I think I stopped watching once around the time that I just like stopped watching week to week TV in general. Right. Um, so I just didn't pick it back up and I was getting annoyed because like they kept time traveling and like every show I was watching had some sort of time travel theme going on and i was like i'm so done with this because the show has time traveled like three times i'm over it (laughs) (laughs) um no no more (laughs) yeah no more time travel i needed to find another show to fill my time because i finished all of the episodes that were available on netflix of criminal minds Uh uh-huh so i watched 12 seasons (laughs) that's a lot that's a lot of criminal minds yeah, well, it's a kind of show where I can just, like, put it on and kind of pay attention to it, and it's fine. And that's what I did a lot of the time um, mm-hmm. until I got to the episodes that I hadn't seen, which was, like, seasons 11 and 12. But there's still three more seasons that I need to watch, but they're on Paramount+, Plus, which means something I also have to pay for. Yeah, I hear, we have that for Big Brother and for Star Trek stuff. Gotcha. 
Oh, if I pay for Paramount Plus, I can watch Picard. Yeah. Hmm. Which I've heard is good. I have not I have not yet gotten to it. <laughs> I still have a star subscription that I should probably cancel and then I can just switch it to Paramount Plus. Yeah, I really, really have to go through ours and see because we gave up cable, so we don't have any cable anymore. So mm-hmm. finally, like after years of we should really do this, we should really do this. We finally did it. But now it's kind of like, all right, which services do we have? Are we using all of these? Do we need them for every reason? Like what are we what are we doing here? And so we really should go through and figure out exactly what we're, (laughs) what are we paying for? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I pay for Hulu, but I don't actually watch it. My sister watches it. Mm -hmm. But um, what we do in the shadows, the new season started and they post the episodes on Hulu. So I need to watch. I'm actually behind by like an episode. I, I've I've got to go back and watch that because we enjoyed the movie. I don't think we started the series. Oh, the show is so good. Highly recommend. Um, and for anybody who hasn't seen it, you should see the movie. It's about it's like a mocku mocku series about mm-hmm. vampire roommates. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, the movie's great. The movie's great. It's so funny. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um. I'm sorry, I was just cleaning my throat. I wasn't trying to get your attention. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> um, and then the last thing, of course, is that there has been a nonstop flow of new K-pop coming out to the point where it is overwhelming, as it always is. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, do you, how did, is there any difference in how it releases compared to how it releases in the States? So the difference is, is that K-pop comes out very often. So like uh, one of the things that Chelsea and I do on not me plugging my own podcast, you can't stop me loving K-pop <laughs> um, is once a, at the end of every month, we do a like recap of the month and we talk about our favorite albums that came out mm-hmm. because it's not just like one or two. Like we're talking like sometimes there's uh Anywhere from like five to ten that come out a month. Wow. It's it's a lot. Like Stray Kids just released a new album and that's their second one this year. So they're just like churning this stuff out. Yeah. It there's constant new content. Like this past week, um, NCT one two seven released their released uh, a full-length album because a lot of them are like EPs, so they only have Mm -hmm. like five to seven songs on them. But they released a full-length album. Uh, So there's that one. And then like the week before, um, a member of GOT7 released his solo album. So there's that. And then there's constant new content all the time. And then like BTS just arrived in New York because they are coming as guests of President Moon, which is the president of South Korea. Mm -hmm. Um, They were named as ambassadors of South Korea. So they're representing the country and they're speaking at the UN tomorrow. That's nuts. Good for them. Yeah. They're traveling on diplomatic passports. That's not, that's, that's, that's cool. Like, Mm -hmm. like that's gotta be cool for them. It's they've spoken before the UN before um, and on behalf of UNICEF because they're UNICEF ambassadors. Um, so they spoke about the love yourself, uh, project that they were doing for UNICEF, but now they're like speaking on like as special guests of the president of South Korea. And they're also doing like a performance at the UN too tomorrow. Oh, wow. 
I know what I'm going to be doing at five <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> so. uh, and now after we've made this poignant speech, we're going to rock out with you. Hell yes. That's how it should be. Like RM's going to write, probably wrote this like really great speech and he's going to say amazing things. And then mm. they're going to perform. I don't know what song, probably butter <laughs> or permission to dance. <laughs> It'll be really interesting. <laughs> Uh, well, that's cool. That's mm-hmm. neat. You gotta love, you gotta love K-pop. Like I, again, I'm not so much a regular listener, but I, I listen to it vicariously through, through you and through my students. There is a K-pop club at our school. So bless. That's amazing. <laughs> I wish, I wish that had been a thing when I was in school, but like K-pop wasn't super huge in the States when I was growing up. Were you into it back then? No, I didn't get into K-pop until like 2018. So I think about it all the time about like how I missed out on so much early BTS because BTS started in 2013, which is when I was in college, like in grad school, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which just makes me so much older than them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I think about it all the time. But one of the members, um, Suga, he said that you're destined to find BTS when you need them, like when the time is right. <laughs> That's what he said. Because people talk about it all the time. They're like, God, I wish I was around during Wings era or when they debuted. And they're like, but when you find BTS, like when you get into them, that's when they officially debut for you. And like you find them when you need them the most. And I feel like that's pretty true. Like for most of the people that I've talked to, that they're like, I found BTS when I was in like a bad place and I needed mm-hmm. something to help me get out of that. And that's when I found them and like their music spoke to me kind of thing. So that happens quite often with fans that they find, they find them when they need them the most. Well, that's awesome. And I mean, the thing is, is you can always go back and listen to all the stuff that they've done previously and watch their videos and stuff. So it's not like, it's yeah. not like you're, you're like, this is exclusive content that you no longer have access to. Oh, yeah. And that's why like when they did this um, last year, and then earlier this year, they did like a streaming where they streamed old concerts that they had recorded that were like, uh, that used to be available on DVD, but they're like out of print right now. Mm-hmm. Um that's why it was like so important. I like stayed up all night to watch those because there were concerts that I'd never seen before. Cause mm-hmm. it was before I got into them. I was like, I have to watch like wings era is my favorite, even though I didn't wasn't a fan then, but like I got to watch concerts from like when they were performing for like 5,000 people. And now they're f- performing for like 80,000 people. So that's so cool. Yeah. Like I like to hear about, cause from everything I've understood they're they're pretty nice people, and I like I like when I hear good things happening to nice people. I I hope that they are like obviously like the people that we see on TV and stuff like who they present like represent as themselves like it's a persona so like it's something mm-hmm. that they put off in the world. But I feel like BTS is pretty authentic to what we see all the time, um, because that's what they said they want to be. They want to show their true selves. But obviously, like, they're going to keep a part of themselves private because what they do in their private time is none of our business. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, I, I feel like it's kind of hard to fake being a good, positive person. Because when yes. you do, like, somebody's going to catch you doing something not 
positive. Like, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And let me tell you, scandals in Korea handle so much differently than they're handled here. <laughs> Trust, me. <laughs> Trust me. That's ominous. <laughs> it is ominous. It's, 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 that's a whole different conversation for another day. So, um, right. but yeah, that's what I've been doing. What about you? Cool. Um, I have just barely gotten like yesterday was basically let's watch all the shows, <laughs> all the movies that I needed to watch. And, um, and then I actually got a little time. I haven't played wow since March. Um, and it's, you know, it's my favorite game ever. So it's just like, I just haven't had time. I've had so much stuff going on with all the editing and everything I've had to do that I edited for a couple hours. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play some video games because I haven't played video games in a long time. So I played um, the Burning Crusade classic, which is um, the basically the game as it was when I joined it back in the day. So it's the first expansion. Um, they've gone back and they've like relaunched how the game was at the beginning of, of the whole phenomena. And then now they're slowly um, releasing the expansions as classic content too. So you can just go in and kind of see how it was when it was a lot harder back then. It was a lot slower, a lot fewer options and a lot fewer modern conveniences, but it is still kind of fun to go through and, and play it. It's a little bit more challenging. And so I was like, I don't feel like playing new content because I got kind of bored with it. And, but I do feel like doing something. So it was kind of nice and nostalgic to go back and, and play, um, play the game like it was when I first started playing. So that was fun. Nice. Um, I have been doing a lot of watching DIY, like Halloween and Christmas decoration videos. Oh my God. <laughs> because I have a set to build at school. And uh, as I was talking to Katie before we pressed record um my students are not necessarily the most um trustworthy i guess you would say oh boy <laughs> um and so i don't want to give them tools <laughs> because i just don't like i just don't they, they have not they have not earned my trust yet to to start big like wood projects and things. So one of the things that I saw was we're doing, we're doing midsummer night's dream. Oh my God. And, yeah. And so we've got to build a, a, a forest of somehow. <laughs> and so outside of my classroom, there's these really um, cool, like three big trees that are really cool. And I saw online, this guy making um, like ghosts for his front yard by wrapping like mannequins in um, cellophane and then using packing tape and you put the packing tape over the cellophane so it doesn't stick to the mannequin and then you cut it off and retape it together and it looks like like a cellophane person mm -hmm. and I'm and I'm like that would be really cool if we could make a couple of trees that were kind of these cellophane tape structures and then we could either light them from the inside or we could stuff them with batting and make them glow or okay so this might be a way to go and that just kind of took me on a rabbit hole of all the different things that we could add to it like adding fake um 
wisteria flowers on it. And just so I'm like, if this works out, this is going to be a pretty kick-ass set. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Yeah. And, you know, they can do this stuff without have to ever touching any sharp objects, which right now I am perfectly happy with that the way <laughs> with life going that direction. Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, we mentioned, you mentioned uh, Paramount Plus. Um, Matt and I are big, big, big brother fans. And so we've been watching that this week and they, they made history this week um, for it. So spoilers, if you're a big brother fan and haven't watched it right now, recently, but um, this, no, this is actually kind of cool. Like they're on season 23 and they have never had a black winner. Okay. And so they just recently changed their policy where I think it's 40% of the um, contestants in all of their reality television have to be um, a person of color. And so unlike other seasons where there's like one or two um, black people, they, they actually had, I think, six on this season. Wow. And some of them are actually mixed race, but all of them have some African descent in, in them. And they made on day one a pact with each other that they were going to do whatever they could do to get the six of them into the final six. That way it was guaranteed that somebody this season, the, the winner of this season would be black. And they each kind of picked a partner that wasn't part of this six and played like a regular game with them until it was time for their partner to be um, kicked out. And so they would go up on the block with their partner. And then obviously because they had the numbers, their partner would get voted off and they didn't real like the people didn't realize until the last two people were left that were not in the group of what was going on. They hit it so well. So not only did they guarantee that the next winner of Big Brother will be black, but they are the first group to get a an alliance, the full alliance from day one to day whatever it was without losing a member. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Like that's it's really, a really very- good. Like, it's very impressive. Like, <laughs> fortunately, the first person they voted off was the person that came up with the idea. <laughs> because oh, my God. I, they, they didn't think that, she, like, I, I honestly think, well, first of all, she she did a couple shady things that kind of, like, when she's sitting out there with Julie Chen, she she admits, she's like, I'm sitting out here because I did X, Y, and Z. Like, I know why I'm here. I I I, I broke trust. And, you know, I completely understand why they put, why they, they evicted me. But, um, but yeah, they like she came up with this brilliant plan and they executed it flawlessly. And there were times where they were like, I'm just going to have to trust that what they're doing is going to work out because we've made this pact. And so it it was very cool to see. It was very cool strategy. It was very cool. Um, It was just, it was just really neat. The, the hardest, the hardest day was when, um, the, the woman who came up with it, she didn't want her person to go yet. She wanted her person to be the last person to go. And so she won head of household when she wasn't supposed to. Oh. And that made everybody go, okay, is she going to um, 
she going going to go against this alliance that she made and the person that she was trying to get out got the the um power veto which means she got taken off the block uh-huh. and so she had to put up her best friend who was not in the alliance up on the block oh and and like she she took her aside and she said, look, she didn't tell her about the alliance, but she said, I promised myself that I was not going to evict anybody who was, you know, that anybody who I think she phrased it, I'm not going to evict anybody who looks like me. Like, I really strongly believe in this. And everybody knows that nobody of color, well, not nobody of color, but no, no African-American people have have won the game. And so the person that she voted out, she's like, I can't even be mad at her. Like, I totally get it. Like she stood for this thing. That's, you know, she's not necessarily playing for her game. She's playing for all of their games. It's been a really cool season. It's been a really, really cool season. Nice. I don't watch the only reality show I ever really like got into and watched was survivor. And that's still going, isn't it? Yeah. But I don't have like regular TV, so I don't watch it. I don't have cable. I think they just had a, a recent um, thing where somebody outed a trans person. Oh, my God. Yeah, I saw that one. And I don't know if it was that season or not, but it was recently and it was it was really bad. And Jeff was just he was like, you didn't just out that person in front of these people. You did it in front of millions of people. And it was it was pretty awful. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, this. I don't, I don't even. I believe he said something along the lines of, "I don't think he, we even need to vote tonight." Yep. And and he basically voted him off the, yeah. <laughs> voted him off the island. Yeah, there's there's been some pretty big upsets in Survivor over the years, and like that was one, and then there was one with like where everybody had an immunity idol or whatever or something, a hidden one, and the only person that didn't have one was the person that didn't have any votes in the thing. And she's like, I'm so sorry, but there's no one else to vote for, but you. <laughs> wow. It's, it gets more and more interesting every year. Um, but yeah, Jeff, that, that episode where that person out at that, uh, out at the trans person was just effed up. So yeah, I, I saw that and I was, he like, he put the smack down on, <laughs> it was like, he was done. There's, there's been a few times where Jeff Probst has been just like, no, <laughs> yeah, not, ex- not acceptable. <laughs> yeah. There's, that's good though. Like, yeah, I'm glad that he, he like stood up and was like, ah, no, you're gone. He was like, we're not going to vote. I'm voting you out. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, good times. Good times in the reality television shows. We've we've been watching. I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff we've been watching. We've been watching quite a quite a bit of cool stuff with my my in laws. We're watching uh, Truth Be Told with um, oh god, why can't I remember names today? <laughs> um, she was in The Help. She's she's been in so many things. Um, which person in The Help? The, it's not the one who makes the. No, the one who makes the pie. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Octavia. Uh, Octavia Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, she, play- <laughs> she's, she plays a podcaster who's like trying to solve these crimes. And it's like, it's if you like true crime, it's like a true crime podcast commentary on itself. Like, it's really good. It's a really, really good mystery. Um, 
and we just started clickbait. Oh my God, Katie. I don't know if you watch that kind of stuff, but clickbait is amazing. Amazing. Uh, I keep seeing it come up on my thing on Netflix and I haven't clicked on it yet. I did watch something else yesterday that made me cry, but yeah. No, what'd you watch? I watched the Bob Ross documentary. Oh no, I haven't seen that. It is. It will make you both very happy, sad, and angry all at the same time. I'm intrigued now. Um, the Kowalskis are awful, horrible people. I'm all, I'm just gonna say that. Just saying. <laughs> I know nothing about this story, so I, I'm at a little bit of a loss. But now I'm I'm intrigued because that sounds like it's a a roller coaster of a watch. Yeah, Bob Ross is my favorite. Is one of my favorite painters of all time, and. Mm-hmm. The way he was treated toward the end of his life was just like straight up awful. So oh, it's awful. And then um, in class, I, I <laughs> it's been it's been a rough week. I I had my my theater kids out of all of my theater kids in my theater one class, uh, three of them actually signed up for the class. The rest of them do not want to be there. And so they were supposed to do an assignment this week and they just flat out refused (laughs) like we're we're taking the zero and i'm like all right well i need to reset because i am very upset right now so we're watching a movie for the rest of the week because i cannot handle you and we will start fresh on monday so i showed them puffs oh my god (laughs) have you seen puffs no you keep telling me to watch it but i haven't watched it oh my god kid you have to watch it especially since you just did um you just did uh, your Harry Potter rewatch. I did. I did. I just did my Harry Potter rewatch. You you have you have to. It's it's very funny, but you will be crying at the end. I know. Like, I need to watch it. I know. It's so good. So so good. Um, and uh, it it gives you a Harry Potter fix without having to give any money to J.K. Rowling. So I love it. Yes. Yes. Anything that we can watch that doesn't give money to her is great. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen so many fans be like, nope, it's our, it's our fandom now. It's like, no, it's really not guys. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, as long as you're buying everything secondhand, it's totally fine. You can buy books, just buy them from the thrift store. Yeah, exactly. Check them out from the library. Yeah. She doesn't get any money for any of that. So. Well, there we go. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> nothing like ending on J.K. Rowling. Um, sorry, we're gonna go go to commercial break real quick, and then we'll come back and we're gonna talk about Dawn of the Dead. All right, we'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down, when you're just looking to laugh and have fun, kick back and enjoy watching a video game, or just make some new friends, it's time to visit the Geek to Geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies! K-pop! Disney Plus! Keanu! Keanu Reeves! New! Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. 
We are back, and we are talking about Dawn of the Dead today, both the 1978 and the 2004 versions. Um, any initial thoughts? Um, dramatically different in lots of ways, but also the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I know, okay, so when you look at top zombie lists, uh, zombie movie lists, often Dawn of the Dead, the 1978 version, is number one. Like, in many circles, it is considered the best mon- zombie movie of all time. Um, yeah. I think it's because it was the first time that it was, like, there was a little social commentary in Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of social commentary in Dawn of the Dead. And I think it's the first time that that was kind of highlighted and put out there as kind of the, the backbone of the genre. And it showed kind of people using their heads to try and survive the thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think all of that kind of boosts the idea of what the zombie genre was like, if night of the living dead established it, this kind of solidified like the rules and how it works and really kind of creates this feel of, okay, this is a much bigger thing than just a couple people in a house. Yeah, that's true. What did you think? How did, how did you feel about the, the original? Um, so it was, it was interesting because there, because the whole story focuses on like four people mm-hmm. in a in a mall, right? And uh, the zombies were still like, it's really funny because um, it's weird going back to like watching zombie movies you've never seen before when you're so used to like the current depiction of zombies, right? right. And the way that they depict the zombies in this movie, right? Like, it's like, oh, we're going to put some gray face paint on you, and now you're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but this one was much more graphic, that's for sure. Like, mm-hmm. the the when they would, like, zombie would, like, chomp into a person, it's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was, a, there was a lot of, there was a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah. A lot and, of like, blood. the way they, like, tore, like, <laughs> like, the flesh away, you're just like, oh, my God. um but yeah like the zombies were still like super slow moving and stuff and i thought it was interesting they were like why are they coming here and they were like i don't know muscle memory like normal for them to like come to the mall which is in and itself like social commentary right right um but it was interesting to like watch the four people and like how different they are from each other and like what they did to work together to survive. Um, do you know how long they were in the mall? Like, I, I want to say a couple weeks. I don't think it was, I, I mean, it could have been a couple months, but it, it was, it was a longer span of time. It had to be a pretty lengthy time because when, because, uh, it was definitely less than nine months because what's her face is pregnant. Right. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the movie, like she's showing um, that she's like clearly pregnant mm-hmm. in this one. So it's probably a, f- a few months, but 
I love how, like, the zombies just, like, stand there and, like, slap their hand against the glass. They're like, let me in. No, open yeah. the door. Knock, knock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Take <like>. out. <laughs> I need fork equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a McDonald's in here? <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, the, the, the big line that's in both movies that I think is is kind of interesting when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth yeah that that definitely came up which i thought was very interesting yeah the the commentary of you know (laughs) so many bad people out there that hell can't hold them anymore so you know zombies yikes um (laughs) i mean i mean they ain't wrong but wrong (laughs) but also yikes yeah um, I I like the fact that they're about both of these movies is how they approach kind of long term survival. Mm-hmm. Like they are they are in the the mall for a significant amount of time, and ultimately, what causes the problem is people. It's always people, it's and always it's not people. The, it's not the dead people. It's people, alive yeah. people. Yeah. And so, um, again, we're spoiling stuff because the movie was made in 1978. It is exactly as old as I am. So <laughs> we're, we're allowed to spoil this stuff. But if you really want to go back and watch it without a spoiler, this is your, this is your warning. Um, it opens with, like, police officers clearing out a zombie-infested slum, basically, uh-huh. where, where people of color have had to... Um, have like put their put their affected family members in the basement and locked them in rooms and stuff, and they're you know still trying to you know n- nobody really knows what's going on. It's it's supposed to be like early morning the the day after Night of the Living Dead, and so people are trying to figure out exactly what's going on, and and nobody quite knows. So people are still kind of like keeping their family members in the um, just locked in rooms and stuff. And so then as they come to clear the stuff, the zombies get out and it's a big deal. And uh, our two cops, um, remind myself of their names, Stephen, no, Peter and Roger, Mm -hmm. Peter and Roger kind of escape and decide we're, we're not doing this. (laughs) We're out. And then on the other side of town, you've got Stephen and Francine who work for a television news program and like chaos is ensuing there as people are trying to figure out what to tell people to do. Like, you know, they're getting all this bad information or old information, but they're still broadcasting it because they don't know what else to broadcast and they don't want people not to watch anymore. So um, since Stephen's one of their helicopter traffic reporter people uh he gets uh francine out and they are kind of confronted with some not so good cops as they're trying to leave and peter and roger are like um (laughs) we're taking we're we're going with (laughs) you and um i like that this movie has a lot of opportunity a lot of situations where 
they're not needlessly putting themselves in danger. It just makes sense. We need to refuel. Therefore, we need to stop. We need to do this. Therefore, we need to do that. You know, and so it's not a lot of why in the hell did you do that? Of course, you're going to get eaten by zombies, which I feel like a lot of zombie movies have. Yeah, that happens a lot. But like in this one, still the zombies, like you could walk through them and just like, no. Yeah, it's like when you're when you're not paying attention, they're going to get you. Um, occasionally, they'll pop out of where you're not expecting, and if you're not quick enough, you're you're going to get bit. Um, and it it really does kind of play up that idea of like one zombie, eh, five zombies, mm, but you know, hundreds of zombies. Now you're in trouble. Yes. Um, Max Brooks, who, if remember, we, we're all reading World War Z. <laughs> have, have you been? Have you been able to to listen to the audiobook at all? Um, no, I should do that because time is coming up time is, on. Time is ticking. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, it is, but I, I'm glad I'm, I'm reminding people. Uh, but Max Brooks has said that he has always thought, and we'll talk about it a little bit in this episode too, that he's always thought that slow zombies are a hell of a lot scarier than fast zombies because fast zombies, you don't have time to think about them. They just are there, but slow zombies are just kind of persistent. And so like, they're always there and you have time to think about the fact that they're always there. And so trying to survive slow zombies is more psychologically demanding than trying to um, survive fast zombies. You know, I never thought about that. Yeah, he's because he's like he's like let's up. <laughs> I saw him. He used to speak every year about zombies at Comic Con, and uh-huh. and some you know often people would ask fast zombies or slow zombies, and his whole thing is, and a lot of people feel this way. That's kind of the way I feel. Like the best type of zombie is the one that starts at human speed right after they die and then as time and damage happens and they kind of start falling apart, they get slower. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this in the last, in the last one too, about, Mm -hmm. um, about how it doesn't make sense that all of a sudden they have like superhuman speed when they weren't superhuman to start with. Right. Um, so it makes sense for them to just be like, you know, mindless, zombies like wandering around mm-hmm. but with like one thought which is brains <laughs> <laughs> i must eat you um and uh and so yeah he's always said let's be honest everybody in this room there's very few of us that are going to be able to outrun a fast zombie so <laughs> it's gonna yep. be over real quick for us <laughs> or if we do happen to survive you know we're we're you know, the adrenaline's going to be pumping. You're not going to have time to be, like, scared. <laughs> You're just going to be. And then he's like, it's it's when you have to hunker down and you hear just the 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 moaning and the, the legions of zombies coming. He's like, that's that's what's, what's going to wear you down in that scenario. So I've always thought that was kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um... So the the zombie design in this episode, in this movie, not all that great. It's just we're going to make them all gray. So that yep. was that was a little little bit of a downer. But what did you think of the strategy of hiding in the in the mall? Um, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to a point, right? Because mm-hmm. the only the only issue you're gonna the major issue you're gonna run into with the mall is one that it's it's vast size, right? So, mm-hmm. um, 
you have a lot, very little people in the mall, right? Like those four people are the only ones in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to make sure that there are no zombies in there. And there's a lot of places to where zombies could be, Mm -hmm. right? Prior to you getting there. Um, And the other thing is multiple entrances is also an issue because there's not just one entrance into the mall, right? So there's like multiple entrances that are not the end caps. And then there's like the end cap entrances, right? Like there's your main entrances into the mall, but then you can also get into the mall through like JCPenney or Macy's or something like that. So you have um, main entrances, end cap uh, entrances, and then store entrances. Yeah. Anything like that. So like there's, Sorry, I was using end cap because I were <laughs> that's what we call uh, the stores at the ends of like the ones at the ends of um, like the big stores where you can enter in that are mm-hmm. at the ends of like malls. Gotcha. Um, so that's a work term. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Because I mean, there's also the the ones that are into the individual stores, like are that are not the big ones, but the yes. like the loading bays and the yes, all, exactly. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of entrances. Yeah, so there's like that's your that's your other issue. That's why Costco is still going to be number one zombie hangout because no windows, uh, roll up door that's metal, and then that, and then there's just the loading bay. So there's only like two entrances. You're welcome. That's actually that's, <laughs> that's a really good point. The problem with both those locations, though, is that they are going to be well stocked, which is wonderful when you're there at first, but then you do become a target for everybody else. That's the other problem. It's the same. That's the same issue with the mall, right? Which is what it ends right. up being. Is that at first everything is fine because they're there for like a couple months, no big deal. Um, but then they start using the helicopter, mm-hmm. right? Which is like very clear. Like zombies can't fly a helicopter. There must be people there. Yeah, and so like raiders are off going. Oh, hey, there's there's people there. Yes. <laughs> and okay, I don't quite understand what the the idea was of the Raiders kind of like announcing their presence and giving them time to prepare. Like to me, that was just not bright. No, but at the same time, like it's really funny because like the Raiders was like basically this like motorcycle gang. Um, I'm trying to think, do you know the movie Warriors? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it was very Warriors-esque. When did that movie, Warriors, hold on, I'm going to look it up. Warriors came out when? Oh, God, I have to be specific. Movie. Because there's a basketball team called the Golden State Warriors. My bad. 1979. So it came out the year after this movie came out. Um, but, like, it's it seemed very reminiscent, right, of, like, right, Warriors. Right. <laughs> well, it also has a little bit of that um, Mad Max feel yes. to it. Definitely yes. has the yeah, and that's like all around the same time frame too. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that I point out all the time on Disney Forever is that a lot of times movies will reflect a trend that's going mm-hmm. on, um, at the time. So with like Mad Max and then Warriors coming out in seventy nine, I think Mad Max came out around that same time. I want to looking say. it up. I'm looking it up. Mad Max. No, Fury Road was wonderful, but that's not the one I'm looking for. 1979. So maybe this movie is the one that like set off that trend of like um, more dystopian, very motorcycle gangy kind of thing. Because like Warriors was that. Mad Max obviously was that. 
So it's like a reflection of um, like the trends of the time, because I think like motorcycle gangs and stuff were like a big thing in the late seventies. I mean, they still are, but like more of this style, right. in film makes a lot of sense as to why they were like that because they didn't even do anything. They didn't take any food or anything. They just like broke into like break shit and then leave. Yeah. They, they broke into, and they, I've got to say the, the foresight of the, I think it was Peter's idea to like wall up the entrance to where they were kind of living. Cause they were kind of living upstairs. Mm hmm. Like not just upstairs, but like in an attic space, like an attic workspace that had um, supplies and stuff in case that place needed to be turned into a shelter mm-hmm. for like you know tornadoes or whatever. And um, and so he's like, let's just wall this place off so it doesn't look like it's here. So that way, when people eventually do come, we don't have to deal with them. Yeah, that was pretty brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as survival goes, they did a pretty good job. Like if it wasn't for like, I don't know why they didn't just hide in there indefinitely for you know okay they're coming but they don't know where we are so um are the, did they get get a chance to wall it off i don't remember if they got a chance to wall it off or not no they they did like because um because you get to see the new entrance when like peter is it peter no S- steven uh yeah steven's the the helicopter pilot the helicopter pilot when he goes all zombie and he like breaks through that door yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, because they were using like uh through the ventilation sta- sha- uh, shaft, like through the ventilation system, they had a ladder that came down that they would go. That's through. right, 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 right. Yeah, and so I mean, it was a really brilliant idea. And then they they have that idea of muscle memory, and since Stephen had for the last you know however many weeks or months mm-hmm. gone up to that space, um. When he got turned into a zombie, where did zombie Steven go? <laughs> Back to the space, you know. Back yeah. to the space, which establishes this idea of, and we're going to see it in the next two movies, because I think the next ones we're doing are Land of the Dead, or Day of the Dead and Dawn, uh, Land of the Dead. Is that what we decided? I, I believe so. You scheduled this. Why are you asking me? <laughs> I'm kidding. I have the screenshot. Well, because well, we, we, we changed it. Um, although I don't know that we've announced that we've changed it. Wait, we changed it? Um, well, just because um, you wanted to do Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, I didn't I didn't know if you had updated the schedule. I didn't update it. I just... I, so, um, update. <laughs> You're going to pepper it in? Is that what's happening? Yeah, well, when we, cover, when we cover World War Z, the book, we'll also talk about World War Z, the movie, even though they have very little to do with one another. Okay. And that way we, that way we have a space for pride and prejudice and zombies. Well, I mean, it makes sense to talk about the book and the movie and then to discuss the differences. Obvi. Yeah. And, and uh, well, (laughs) the differences are all of them. All of them. Uh, Yes. (laughs) All of them. Uh, The, the idea came from Lyle. Lyle was like, Hey, I've got a way for you to fit this other one in. And so, Yeah. So Bless. October 3rd is going to be all about World War Z, both the book and the movie. Oh, man. We're going to talk about some dramatically different things with like 28 Days Later and then Pride and Prejudice and Zombies because nothing alike. <laughs> no, nothing alike. In fact, I'm a little bit wondering if I should like rearrange like like maybe we should do like there's nothing else left to, to pair with 28 Days Later. I paired it with World War Z because they're both fast zombie movies. Yeah. But 
Yeah, so we'll like we may we may revise some of those later you, ones. You know what you could do is move warm bodies up a week and drop twenty eight days later down a week because it would mm-hmm. be really funny to watch Shaun of the Dead, which is a ridiculous, hilarious movie, and then twenty eight days later, which is very serious. Yes, that's not a bad idea. It's really not a bad idea. Or we might also want to pair um, 28 Days Later with The Girl with All the Gifts, which I've heard is a little bit more. Oh, or you could do Train to Busan. Now, you've seen that one, haven't you? No. Okay, I haven't. Oh, okay. Um, it's been on my list for a long time. And like I sent this list to my sister. We're, we're planning the podcast on the podcast here. Um, <laughs> uh, sent this list to my sister. And she's like, oh, my God, you're going to watch Train to Busan? And I was like, yeah, of course we are. But never seen it. So I need to watch it. Obviously. Yeah. No, it's going to be like I'm excited about the last three movies I have not seen. So Little Monsters, The Girl with All the Gifts, and Train to Busan. Just need to make sure we watch the correct Little Monsters, which um, <laughs> Lyle has yes. been struggling with. <laughs> Poor Lyle. We're sorry, Lyle. I, I I should really just like post where to get all of these from. Um, yes. But I have to look that up, and I will do that off air. Um, anyway. So, anything else about the 78 version of Dawn of the Dead? Um, Like, so, you know the one guy, not... <sighs> Roger. Roger? Roger, the the one who who is a little bit crazy. Ca- <laughs> for ca- good- cowboy and white dude, that 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 guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were doing the truck thing, right? Where they were like getting the trucks and then parking them in front of the entrance, which was what which was pretty smart to be honest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, brilliant. Um but like this whole time he was like gets in truck, closes door, and then the last one he's like gets in tr- truck, leaves door open doesn't put him puts himself in a vulnerable situation and he's like woo yeah woo yeah and i'm like you're gonna get you're gonna die right and guess what happens homie gets bit <laughs> twice by a van by a vampire twice by a zombie and turns into a zombie yeah but i love the i love the fact that they they at that point realize that the 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 bites are are, are no good <laughs> the bites are gonna cause you problems and yeah. so they watch him and they keep him like sedated and they, you know, they, they try and, you know, he, he is not the zombie that gets out and eats people. And I feel like that's so often the, the trope in these things is yeah. like, we figured, we figured out that people get bit and then become zombies. And so we're going to, you know, put them in this room and wait for them. And maybe they won't turn. And then when the, the, 15 year old girl that we've put in charge of watching them <laughs> decides to go to the bathroom, oh my God. you know, they get out and eat everybody. Like it, it's kind of one of those things where it's just, it doesn't like, I'm glad they didn't go that direction. Yes. I do like when he turns into a zombie, right? Like, cause he's covered with a sheet or whatever. And he just like sits up and he's like, Ugh, and I'm like, Oh, he's all gray. Now he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we couldn't tell if he was zombie if he wasn't gray. Oh, <laughs> Got to paint his face gray. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I I see I see why it tops the list um, for so many movies. Like so many so many movie lists. I I see why it makes it into that. I don't necessarily know. I agree with it after this rewatch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I 100% agree with it, but I could see it being an important movie because, right, it starts to establish how zombies 
work in mm-hmm. a sense like it's the bite that turns him into a zombies and then it calls it calls out that like what the real issue is it's not the zombies it's the people that are alive that are the problem mm-hmm. um, as well as calling out like some massive bad consumerism because those people that broke into the mall had no reason to break in there no they were they weren't getting any supplies they were just like Smash causing grab. havoc yeah yeah they just broke in there because there were other people in there and they're like, oh, they're keeping it all for themselves. And I'm like, if, in a place where everyone is dead, what you going to use the money for, bro? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nothing. It just doesn't show any good common sense. <laughs> well, and it's it, it and it also I think it's the first time in zombie movies that we see like long term survival plans, which I think yes. is Something that people really enjoy is kind of like, if there was a zombie apocalypse, how would I survive? And this is the first time that that kind of is investigated. Yes. And because it spans over a significant length of time, like, yeah. Yeah. So definitely very cool, cool stuff. I have to say, though. Yes. I like the remake infinitely better. It had been a while since I saw that one. And I have to agree, like it, it's, it's massively different, but also like same storyline, but also different. Well, I th- I just, there's so many cool moments in this mm-hmm. that it, 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 it's almost multiple acts. Like it's not one, it's not a one nighter. It's not. Like, like there are different stages. It almost feels like a couple seasons of Walking Dead squished together. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that because they were clearly there for a significant, like, time. And mm-hmm. when you put... Because in the original one, it was only four people, right? So that's not a lot of mixed personalities together. It's like four people. That's it. Um, versus this one where it was like a significant amount of people in the mall yes um trying to just survive together and everyone has a different agenda yeah and so that's where you start to get that whole like different different it's like the different ideas from night of the living dead where you've got cooper being an idiot downstairs and everybody else like fighting but on a much bigger scale (laughs) yes truth so I don't always like Ray is much better about going to who are the writers and who are the directors of these things, but I have to say, so the screenplay is by James Gunn. Yep. And that makes a, like, I keep going, well, why is this? Cause this is a Zack Snyder film. Yes. And it's a really good Zack Snyder film. Like I can't, like I didn't, when, when it was pointed out to me that it was Zack Snyder, I was like, I, how? how was that and it's because the screenplay is by james gunn yeah that's why it's so good (laughs) that's why it's so good yeah um and so again spoilers um this is fast zombies and very fast zombies very fast zombies like we would (laughs) i know i would not survive in this version of the dead like i would not that that would that would be over real quick for me (laughs) Was this the first instance of Fast Zombies, or or was that in Day of the Dead, which we watch next? Um, I don't think Day of the Dead has Fast Zombies. I think Day of the Dead and Land of the Dead are both um, 
still Romero zombies, classic Romero zombies. Oh, okay. So it would be 28 Days Later would be Fast Zombies first because that one came out before Dawn of the Dead. Remake. Yeah, two years before, which which makes sense. Like, like a lot of people were like when we when we cover Twenty Eight Days Later, it's a freaky movie. That movie, that movie, that's very. It's actually a very serious movie about a lot of serious things. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of issues there. Yeah. Um, but I, I like in this one, it, it starts with, um, Anna. Who uh-huh. is a nurse, and the <laughs> that both both Dawn of the Dead's have children zombies in it. In yes. the original, it's just two little ones that Peter just kind of goes meh <laughs> and just tosses them off, and it's not a big deal at all. Oh my god! In in the the 2004 version, she's she's scary. <laughs> like. She's the stuff of nightmares. Oh my god! When she like comes into the room, right, and then attacks um, Anna's husband, right, and they and like she like kicks her in the chest, and she like superhero lands in the hallway, and then looks mm-hmm. up, and then charges her. I was like, holy crap! Yeah, like it's it's definitely intense. These zombies are not kidding around, and um, and so you know this this. It's like I I love the fact that when he wakes up, he sees her in the hallway and he's like, is everything okay? He's worried about her. Mm-hmm. And then he sees her face is all messed up and he goes to see if she's okay and that's what gets him. Yep. Um and so when when I think this is the first time that we see in a movie where you walk out and it's just chaos. It's not organized chaos at all. It's like literally people walking out of their houses and being tackled by zombies. Okay. Legitimately one of my favorite parts in the beginning of the movie, right? Is where like Anna gets away, right? Like she goes out the bathroom window and uh, gets in the car to drive away. And like her husband, who is a fresh new uh, zombie seeking her brains, um, is running after her and that person comes out of their house like what's going on and he's like running and he was like oh never mind <laughs> yeah much easier thing here <laughs> he immediately turns left and attacks the person <laughs> i thought that was so funny he's like i'm gonna get her never mind this one's easier <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they do they go for whatever's closest in this one so like you you have to learn how your zombies work <laughs> like if your zombies are are easily distracted <laughs> which these zombies are you can use that to your advantage i mean honestly you just like, use it like the same thing when like you're running away from a bear like you don't need to outrun the bear you just need to outrun the person next to you Exactly. <laughs> That's what she does. That's what she does. Yeah. Um, and so then she gets driven off the road. Um, like it's chaos and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know who to trust. She doesn't know what's going on. She gets run off the road and um, luckily nothing follows her down. So when she gets out, she runs into Kenneth, who is a cop who is supposed to be the Peter analog. I think Anna is supposed to be the um, Francine analog in this and kenneth is the peter analog um and then the two of them run into jake i'm sorry no that jake's the actor michael andre and i forget andre's wife's name luda yes and so i think that's the first five that get into the um mall right yeah so it's them and then there's three people three security guards in the mall 
Right. And so, uh, and of course the, the security guards are like, no, this is our place. (laughs) (laughs) And they, they exert their authority and they take their guns and they're like, you're going to be our prisoners now. And, um, Michael, who is basically, uh, I don't like, what would you call him? He's a kind of a slacker. Like he's not at all. He's like a very clean cut slacker. Like he is, he has worked many meh jobs in his life. Which, which person? Um, the, the one who Anna falls in love with Michael. Oh, Michael, the dude with the accent. Um, does he have an accent? Yes. I don't remember. He's just kind of the very clean cut white guy. Yeah. 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 Him, that guy. Yeah. And, and so Michael's basically like, so rent a cop. Um, of course you're doing all of these really intelligent things to do to secure our spot here. Right. (laughs) And the guy's like, yes, yes, I am as of right now. (laughs) And so at some point they eventually realize they kind of need each other. And, um, they lock everything down and they, they get rid of the, the zombies that they can get. And I love just the many levels of survival in this movie because you have their initial survival. I love the trope of Andy. Not the, I don't know that it's a trope, the, the subplot of Andy. Oh yeah. I like him. So, I have never seen this in, I have not seen this in very many other zombie movies, but they're in the mall and across the street is a gun shop and the owner of the gun shop is Andy and Andy sits on his roof and holds up like a whiteboard with messages on it so that they can read it. And then they do the same back. And so that's how they communicate with this guy. And and that's a major plot point because this guy is like a, a sharpshooter and he's amazing. And like they, they play this game where they say, all right, take out this celebrity and he has to find the zombie that looks like that celebrity. Yes. <laughs> it's brilliant. So he's like, yeah, take out Tom Selleck and then, or no, um, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Burt yeah. Reynolds. And so there's a, a zombie with a mustache and they, he takes him out. So like they're, they're trying to keep them um, themselves entertained entertained and then they i mean they play they play chess that way Mm -hmm. and i don't remember if it was online or if it was a dvd extra but i know that there are out there um several shorts from andy's point of view oh so you can like watch him kind of as he gets you know, thinner and thinner because he doesn't have the food that they do. And, you know, kind of his like photo diary or like video diary of, of what he's doing while they're like, I I forgot about that until like late last night. And I'm like, well, I'll mention it, but people have to go look for it because I don't know exactly where it is, Hmm. but it's a really cool idea. Like it, it, it has a whole nother layer dynamic to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden a truck out of nowhere comes spiraling out and they let in a whole bunch more people. (laughs) I mean, I have mixed mixed on that. Right. Because obviously like those people need help. 
right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, help us, help us, please help us. And then you have the one, the one security guy who was like, we're not letting those people in. They could be sick. And so at the same time, I'm like, mm, kind of with not, him. He's not wrong. Like, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Which, which ends up being the problem, right? Because not only did they like let in people that were sick, but then more people ended up like somebody else got bit and then another person got bit and then that ended up getting hidden. Yes. Right? Although she was well, she was already bit from before. That's true. She got, she got grazed bit. by the yeah. other security guard guy that was a zombie. Yeah. So so what happens is is you got um you've got Andre and Luda who are married and Luda is pregnant. Yes. And she gets a little bite, a little bite that they hide. I mean, you can even see in the the scene cuz I was watching for it cuz I knew it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. when exactly does she get it? You can see her pull down her sleeve. Yes. Um and and so she basically when they figure out that it's the bite that causes it, I'm trying to remember who, what who is it that that turns first that they realize it's the bite. Um the 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 clearly sick and dying old lady in the wheelbarrow <laughs> was was she the but i thought they already knew at that point that it was the bite um well no one had gotten bitten yet oh so yeah it had to be cuz it was very obviously that she had been bit and nobody did anything to yeah stop her. because she got she got bit so she was already like becoming a zombie before they arrived at the mall but also the the one chick her dad sorry chick that girl the one girl um her dad got bit on the hand mm-hmm. right but when the the wheelbarrow lady died um and then she came back as a zombie they were like oh crap like it's yeah, the bite. Yeah, because she wasn't that bad when they got into the car or they got into the the truck. Yeah, because she's gotten she had gotten progressively worse over time. Um, and then eventually died. And they were like, Oh, uh, like that must be what brings like you makes you a zombie because first the bite kills you and then it brings you back. Mm-hmm. Um when she like rose up out of the bed, nobody was paying attention, and then she jumped out and like attacked people. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I, I again, I, I, I must have watched the the special features on on the the DVD when I owned it back in the day. But I'm pretty sure they're they did a whole thing about her and how they filmed that. the The person in the person that is playing her is a mm-hmm. big stunt man dude. Oh. Yeah, that's a dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that they cover with a fat suit and a um and a mask. And so you know, he's he's this kind of bigger guy that was able to move all that bulk up and that cuz she moves. Like she's a very very large woman mm-hmm. and and she moves. <laughs> She was super zombie. Yeah, she was definitely a super zombie. So they, you know, I I do like that for the most part, nobody in this movie was like the cowering. I can't, I can't function because I don't have a brain because it's been turned off by fear. Like there wasn't a lot of that. Yeah, but there were also a lot of people who made a lot of really stupid decisions in this. Um, But like when 
and smart and dumb decisions. The whole thing with the dog thing, I hate that so much. I agree, but then when you think about it, I I do like the fact that he put in reasons for her to be like that and not just crazy white woman with dog, you know? Like yeah. when she steals the truck and drives over there to go save the damn dog, I was like, I hope you die. <laughs> so so what we're talking about is they go down into the basement to like get fuel or no, to turn the the generators the, back on. Yeah, cuz the power went out. Yeah, they ran out of generator power. And um and so they go down there to um to to turn the generators on and they hear something and it's running back and forth like a super zombie and you're like, oh God, what is it? And it turns out to be a border collie. <laughs> yeah. And uh and so, you know, they find this dog and then a couple people get eaten because there's it's not the only thing down there. Um, but when they realize that Andy is not doing well because he has no food they decide to lower the dog down and send the dog through the zombies because the zombies don't eat the dogs and get him food that ends up not working out for Andy. But um, yeah, what's her name? Uh, Nicole. Nicole has major issues with this because she wants the dog. Now you could very easily say, all right, she is, you know, just, she's just a stupid young person reacting to this but they established very early on when she comes because she comes with the truck people and her father's the one that's bitten on the hand he's played by matt frewer who a lot of people recognize because he's in like everything um, um yeah honey i shrunk the kids yeah yeah he's in a lot of stuff but uh you know he's her father and he's bitten so he dies and he says you know when they're gonna like just shoot him outright He's mm-hmm. like, you know, look, you know, she she's lost her mom, she's lost her brothers, she's lost everybody. And so it makes sense that she is now like clinged to this dog as the only thing she has. I I know. I know. I know. But it, still. it doesn't make her any less annoying. No. It doesn't make her any less annoying. No, but because- at least it is well justified in the script. No, I got it. I got it. Like totally justified in wanting to save the dog or whatever. But then that means that when she like takes off to go save the freaking dog, now they have to go freaking save her. Yes. And Dude, so he he gets like- <laughs> he gets um so so poor poor Andy gets bit by the the zombie. And then she goes to rescue the dog and doesn't know that he's been bit. And so when she's in there, she's basically in there with zombie Andy and locks herself in a gun locker and they have to go rescue her and put down Andy. I mean, we skipped some stuff, but before we go backwards to talk about the whole like baby birthing thing. (laughs) Oh yeah. I, I always think that that's later than it is in this movie. Um, because Andy goes just it, it really goes back to that whole like goes back to muscle memory thing because like there's tons of zombies at the at the mall right and they call that out like why are they all here they're like oh muscle memory like just they people just come here and we're like ah it makes a lot of sense um but Andy goes back up to the roof and they're like did he turn into a zombie like what's going on and like he holds up the <laughs> up the whiteboard, <laughs> up the whiteboard. And it's just got blood all over it, and he's just like ugh 
to me that was such a that's such an eerie just disturbing yes like like you almost think he turned while he was getting ready to write like it I mean probably it's so and it, and it really pushes that muscle memory thing which is going to be a big thing in land of the dead yeah um it becomes a very big concept in in land of the dead and even pushes towards like like army of the dead is terrible it's it's a bad movie <laughs> okay <laughs> but i see where it's supposed to fit in this timeline okay because because in the romero series the the zombies get smarter as they go so the idea of like a zombie civilization, I get, I get what he was going for. He just did a piss poor job of doing it because he didn't have Jim Gunn writing his <laughs> screenplay for him. <laughs> okay. You know, cause I have no opinions on Zack Snyder at all. Um, yep. Okay. So do you want to talk about the, the yes. zombie pregnancy? Okay. So Luda, right. She got bit. And they know at this point that bites turn you into a zombie. So he does the most sus thing possible and totally separates her from everyone else. And I love that, like, because uh, it's Mackay Pfeiffer, right, plays um, her husband, Andre. And then mm-hmm. um, Anna is like, oh, how's, like, because it's clear that, like, they've completely separated her away and no one ever sees her. And... Anna asks, like, oh, how's, like, Luda and the baby? And he's like, she's fine. Like, don't worry about it. Like, she's okay. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> There's no flag, no red flags there at all. I was, like, suspicious. Um, but she's, he's got her tied to the bed, and she's turned into a zombie, right? And she's trying to eat him. And he puts the, like, belt or whatever in her, um, in her mouth. So that she doesn't bite him. But now, like, she's still pregnant. And, like, after, like, that baby basically, like, zombie baby, like, eats its way out of her. Yeah, yeah. It's disturbing. Like, it's such a disturbing image. And and he's, like, holding little zombie baby when Anna walks in. Because... It's yeah. the old lady first. So, like, the the one lady who had driven the truck that brought all those people there, she goes to go check on them to take them some food, right? And she comes in, and he's sitting on the bed holding zombie baby, right? And his wife is, you know, trying to eat everyone, but she's strapped to the bed. So she's like, oh, my God. And he goes, are you going to try to kill my family? And she shoots Luda, right? And she dies. And then he's like that's my family or whatever. And like start shooting her. And then they have like a shootout and they both die. And then Anna co- comes over and she's like, Oh my God, like this whole thing. Right. And then she walks over and moves the blanket and it's like zombie baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's a baby. It can't do anything. It's just kind of sitting there being gross, but um, it was so gross. It was just like, and then yeah, you hear a gunshot. Can I say how, kick-ass norma is like i really i i i i love I her. felt bad for norma because norma is the older woman the truck driver and she's just badass like she was taking no crap like she was just awesome and yeah i'm mad she died yeah i i wanted her to survive yeah but it also like that even more established that bites are what create the zombies because she got shot but didn't come back as a zombie Right, and so did he. 
Yes. So they both got they both got shot and neither one of them came back as zombies. So it was like bites, kill, bites, bring you back. Now that's something that that is changes from from movie to movie, not necessarily in um the Romero movies, mm-hmm. but like I know um Walking Dead, it's like you die, you come back, period. Yes. Uh, and that's very much a lot of a lot of movies out there. Uh, and a lot of but because one of the things that I've been enjoying about um, World War Z as I'm listening to that is they are going with the classic Romero zombies. So okay. if you're not bit, you don't turn. And that's kind of like I forgot having having been such a Walking Dead fan for so long, mm-hmm. I had forgotten that that ever was a thing. I mean, it makes most sense. Like the initial rise of the zombies, right? Where like people, people that were dead came back in the initial rise, but then those people are the ones who spread like the virus, so to say, like that brings, turns you into a zombie. Right. Right. Uh, so it doesn't it, make sense for like, like so and so to get shot and they're like, oh, zombie. And I'm like, mm, but I don't know if that's how that works. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was like that's the thing. There's so much in this movie, and it doesn't feel like forced in. Yeah, because there's there's the initial getting into the the mall. There's the trying to the power struggle between the Renacops and the the five people that come in. Mm-hmm. There's the the whole truck people thing, and then there's the the baby zombie thing and then there's andy and then that takes us into um the last act where now that we've opened everything up and we have to go rescue um nicole from from andy they're like at this point we're gonna put together a couple of like the the mall trams (laughs) and we're gonna armor them up and i gotta say those are pretty kick-ass vehicles (laughs) i mean that was pretty smart Right? It was a good it was a good plan. It was a good plan. They just they just didn't anticipate the number of zombies they were going to have to deal with. Like I don't think they realized how bad that was going to be. I think they did to a certain extent, except that they didn't roll out like prepared. Like he should have already had the flare with the propane tank ready. Right, right. And so basically what happens is they they get into two trucks. Um, these two motivated, like, I don't buses. know, what are the bus? they're buses, basically, but they're small ones. They're like little Mini cargo buses. buses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they, the idea, they've armored them out. They have like a cow catcher at the front of one of them to kind of push zombies out of the way. They have, um, they have like slots to run chainsaws. Like yep. across the side uh, to get the zombies off the bus, which is kind of, I mean, at the, it is not a bad idea. Like, well, it, it is a relatively intelligent idea. When you're stopped, yes. Yes. Maybe not to operate while moving, while in a moving vehicle. Yes. Which they learn very well later. <laughs> yes. Um, so they've got a good plan. And then you've got this kind of the, the obligatory, douchebag steve played by ty burrell which is very hard after watching all seasons of modern family to see ty burrell as a jackass he is a disgusting human in this one 
he's a disgusting human being, but it's still Ty Burrell, so it's very, very hard to believe him at this point. I remember the first time I was like, yeah, he's a horrible person. But now I'm like, but it's but it's Ty Burrell. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's gonna he's gonna do some really bad magic in a second for us. Or, you know, he's gonna you know, it's Phil. We can't hate Phil. Um, but anyway, he has a he has a, a boat, and they're like, "That's brilliant! Let's go do boat things." So, I mean, you really do have like the full range of survival zombie survival in this movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they they get out in the the truck the the buses, and the rent a cop CJ is at this point all on board. Like he's he's realized that Michael's not a bad guy, and so he's been really helping them out. And he goes to clear them with a propane tank and and fire. And the explosion is a little well, two things. One, it's a little bigger than I think they expected it to be. And some like Vin Diesel zombie <laughs> out in the middle of the pack lifts it over his head. So it's not like it's a little bit more airborne when he hits it than he was expecting it to be. Yes. So uh, the the propane tank explodes. It knocks like the concussion wave of it knocks the um, the bus all over the place, which causes the, the gay guy with the chainsaw. There's a gay guy in this. I don't even know the guy's name, um, but it's pretty cool that there was a gay character, uh, Glenn. Maybe mm-hmm. I think it was Glenn. Um, Glenn is running the the chainsaw and it goes right into um, Steve's girlfriend, Vivian. <laughs> no, I think you have your timeline mixed up. Oh, did I mess that up? Yeah. So like the explosion is in the parking lot of the, um, it's when they first leave the mall, right? Because there's like a massive amount of zombies there. And then they do the explosion, right? Which knocks all the zombies away. And then they, I think they go and save Nicole after that. And then when they're driving away, they're like trying to get away, but like people keep like like they keep swerving to get around like abandoned vehicles. Oh, fired. that's right. They make a they make a, a quick turn for some for some reason, and yeah. that's what knocks. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and so it's um there's uh because it's the one with um CJ and is it the one with Kenneth. CJ Kenneth? Yes, yeah, CJ and Kenneth. Kenneth's driving that one. Yeah, and so what happens is that there's a zombie that's like still on the back of the bus, and that's right. Yes. The the dude in the white shirt, though, he's like older. Yeah, that's Glenn. Okay, and he's like, "Don't worry, I'll get it." And he makes the executive decision to start up a chainsaw and a moving vehicle, and then he makes a sharp turn and he turns, and then saws Vivian and. Like diagonally, like it's like a diagonal cut on your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh like God, it's just yeah. straight down the corner. And it was it was graphic as hell because they show you where he till he gets about halfway down her, and it's like horrific. Yeah, yeah, it was it was rough. <laughs> it was definitely a rough moment. So that that bus is basically done, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Steve. Our, our douchebag jumps out and he's going to like run off on his own. But we all know that that's a stupid thing to do. Um, and so Kenneth and 
CJ are like, all right, well, let's get into the other bus. Mm -hmm. And Anna is like, I forget why they get out of their bus. To go help them. I guess to help them. And they kind of like try and keep zombies off of them. And then at last moment, Anna um, goes and kills the Steve zombie. (laughs) Well, he like comes out of nowhere and he already told her up on the roof, right? When they were doing the like, shoot Burt Reynolds thing. And Mm. he was like, he was like, uh, darling, you have my permission to shoot me in the head if I ever turn into one of those. So she goes, hold on. And then just blows him away. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, but he's, she's like looking for something in his pockets. And I remember, I'm like, what is she doing? And I forgot. And then he's, she's looking for the boat key. The boat key. Yeah. Cause he had the boat key in his, in his pants pocket. Yeah. So she grabs it. They get away. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they finally get to the docks. They blow up some more stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, CJ. CJ blows up the propane tank because he's, he's gone. <laughs> he gets, he gets bit. So he's like, I'm done. He was like one of those people where like you hated him a lot in the beginning, but then you were like, but wait a minute. He was kind of right in like what he was saying. And then you're like, no, I like him. And then when he dies at the end, you're just like angry. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, no, like he redeems himself in the end, which is awesome. Yes. He's um, got I mean, plenty of character development to be honest. Yeah. And he, honestly, he, yeah, he, he redeems himself a lot earlier than the end. By the end, you're really rooting for him. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know they get onto the boat, and and Michael reveals that he has been bit. And at this point, Anna and him have developed a relationship and are are in love. And he says, mm-hmm. "No, you have to, you have to leave me." And no. Yeah, it like I remember being just like devastated when that happened the first time I saw the movie. I was like, "No, why, Michael? We can no. save him. We can find an antidote." <laughs> oh sorry wrong which gets movie. us into trouble which gets us into trouble I like know. no he's gone he does the right thing yes. he does the right thing so did you watch through the credits yes okay so that's one of the f- greatest things about this movie and well my opinion is that they go off and it's it's anna and kenneth the cop and then one of the rent cops, Terry, who's kind of like fallen in love with Nicole mm-hmm. and the dog. And so the five of them go out onto the boat and escape. And then the credits roll. And while the credits are rolling, they show that uh, Terry, the the, mall, the last remaining mall cop, has uh, found Steve's video. And so they're, they're like recording all the stuff that happens to them. So they like find a a zombie head floating out in a cooler in the middle of the ocean and they run out of gas and their generators, you know, like all this horrible stuff is happening interspersed with credits. You know, it's just the credits running and they finally make it to an Island and they're like, finally we're here. And the dog goes running off into the bush and out come running a bunch of zombies. And so, nobody survives this movie. (laughs) This movie is yet another one where absolutely everyone dies. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because their whole, their whole thing was like, maybe there's this, like we can get to that Island. That's not going to have any people. And I'm like, what Island are you talking about? Like in the middle of one of the lakes? Cause they're in Wisconsin, right? Cause they're in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so you're going to go out to this island that you're assuming isn't populated with people? I'm like, come on, people. 
Yeah. I, well, where, is that where it was? Because I thought I mean, that was pretty, pretty ocean-esque. So I feel like they went elsewhere. No, well, they can't. There's no way because they're literally in, the, in Wisconsin. So they're landlocked. So they had to have gone to one of the Great Lakes. I guess. Yeah. I was like, they didn't well, mysteriously end up at like somewhere else. They're definitely because they're like in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's like, they, they did the same thing that a lot of other pro- people probably did. <laughs> Let's go to that Island over there. Yep. And they probably brought like one person who was bit and then that person bit somebody and then that person bit somebody. And then it was just everyone sick. Yeah. Well, dead and zombie like. Yeah. So anyway, I love this movie. Like I really honestly, like, yes, it has fast zombies, but they're good fast zombies. Like they're scary as hell. The first time you see like what the zombie look like, it's pretty terrifying. You're just like, oh, okay, blood. Yeah, we're just in yikes. Yeah. And it and it gets started really fast. Like there's not a lot of pre-story. Like we established that there's been a bite victim in Anna's ward and then she goes home she meets the girl that's going to later like bite everybody and then her husband and then the next morning like I'd say within the first what 10 minutes of the show not even yeah like it's zombie apocalypse and we're 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 hitting the ground running literally <laughs> yeah yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, like, she comes out of her house and, like, everything's on fire and there's, like, people screaming in the streets and, like, <laughs> it's not yeah. great. No, no, so it's a bad, it's a bad day. <laughs> it's a bad day for all involved. Um, but just the complexity and the layers and levels of zombie survival in this, mm-hmm. like, it's not just people stuck in place, people fight with each other somebody does something stupid everybody gets bit like it's there's so many cool moments it's like a multi-act play it's really really a good movie it gives you those feelings of hope right like because you think that they're going to survive at the end unless you like Mm -hmm. watch the credits and as the credits roll like things get progressively worse like they run out of food and then the food that they have left has maggots on it and then they're like uh, getting closer and closer to the island, and yet they find that boat, and then zombies, and you're like, "Well, they're dead." <laughs> yeah, like it just like there's no like it, it. It the number of times that you're like, "Oh, this is great." Oh no. Oh no. Oh, this is great. Oh no. Like throughout the entire movie, like, "Oh, good, they're gonna go get Andy." Like, you can't leave without Andy because at this point, we love Andy. We've barely met Andy. We've never heard him speak, but everybody loves Andy. Yes. So, yeah. So, I got to say, out of all the movies we're going to watch, this is definitely one of my favorite. And I forgot how much I loved this movie. Yeah. I did forget about the raunchy sex scenes. So, I was watching this movie with my mom. and Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. My mom looks at me and I was like, oh, yeah. Whoops. (laughs) Well, it is is a Zack Snyder film. That's true. There's like three inappropriate – well, not inappropriate. But there's like three like – don't watch with your parents moments. Yeah, there's, oh, I mean, like, the one with Anna and her husband in the shower, like, that one's fine. Yeah, it, that one's fine. It's Vivian and... Steve in the in the video store. Do. Yeah, in the video store. He's, like, recording it and stuff. Like, gross. Like, they're just... But, like, come on. Again, it's, it's like, Snyder. no, Phil. No, Phil. <laughs> 
what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so wrong. It's it's such a weird character to see him play after. Obviously, he played that first. Yes. And when did when did Modern Family run? Because I swear to God, he's the same age, and he's got to be ten years older. Maybe he's a vampire. Oh, he's only five years older when Modern Family starts. Has that really been on that long? Yeah, it was on for 11 years. Good Lord, I did not watch that show. It's a really good show. So I've heard. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I definitely, out of all the movies we've watched, and, and this is me talking about a Zack Snyder movie, so you know I have to be serious if I'm going to say this is an incredible movie. It is a very good zombie movie. Yep, I agree. It's pretty, pretty good. Yes. Um, I'm going to quickly run over to our uh, Slack channel because I got some feedback from Lyle. Oh, boy. And so I'm going to tell you what he wrote about. Let's see. We got to go back. So my 68 versus 90 Night of the Living Dead thoughts. While I really love the original 98 version, I found Barbara's hysterical woman trope to be tired. Yes, we did too. I can say, but it wasn't that, uh, but it wasn't then and be right, but that doesn't make it more enjoyable. Now we like, we like the times have changed how we view relics of the past will change as well. I think Joe said it best. I want the nineties Barbara in the 68 movie. And I don't know if he meant the actor, the character or both I meant the character. Like I would, I would actually like to see the original actress play that way and see if she, like if that was in her acting wheelhouse. Uh, but it works whichever way. If anything, I feel like having less to work with makes 68 version more impressive. I don't like the changes to Ben Harry dynamic in the 90s version. I agree. In 98, Ben was much calmer and reactionary. I'm doing my thing, help her get the fuck out. But in the 90s, he was much more interested in making everyone help do it his way. The 68 version feels like there are all kinds of commentaries that could be drawn out of it, but the 90s version somehow feels a lot less deep until the last few scenes when Barbara says, they're us and we're them. The rework of the final scenes in which Harry, not Ben, is still fully human and killed is very impactful. We see a very different Barbara not only survive, but apparently settle a score. I like it. Yeah, I completely agree with all of this. Yeah. But then his... um, Dawn of the Dead stuff. First, fast zombies are dumb. <laughs> like, I get maybe for a bit right after death being as fast or maybe faster, but then you decay and stuff. Second, the 04 version is considerably less of a remake than the two versions of Night of the Living Dead. I would agree. That being said, both stories hinge on a few points. Yay, consumerism. If the main cast were less dumb, they'd have lived longer. 78 Roger is an absolute maniac. If he'd been even a little less crazy, I feel like this movie could have turned out differently. I would have loved to see Roger actually um, survive and how he would react to the Raiders. I feel like that would have been a completely different movie. Um, Hooray for Francine for standing up for herself. She's nobody's mama. (laughs) It's a great line. She's like, I'm not going to be your den mother. Um, Steven starts out as a total putz, but really pulls it off by the end. Overall, not a huge fan of the makeup choice. (laughs) And I kind of wish they'd kept the black and white scheme from Night of the Living Dead from 68, but the camp is also a lot of fun. 
04, this really feels like a departure from the Romero-inspired genre. Nice opening, uh, Johnny Cash montage, excellent song choice, requisite random naked zombie lady roaming around, always. I just don't get that trope. I just don't get it. Like, uh, uh, while opening credits roll. Um, JFC, Snyder, and... Oh, it, uh, Jesus fucking Christ, Snyder and Gunn, this might be good. Within just a few minutes of the movie starting. Okay, I already don't like Fast Zombies. Later, Fast Zombies really changes the kind of tension. The Romero-style zombies are... Okay, I remember this was him... Uh, I think he live-tweeted this, and then he just copied and pasted the live-tweet, so that's why it feels like it's a little bit segmented. Um, the Romero-style zombies are the slow, crushing weight of inevitable doom. <laughs> that's the perfect perfect way of putting it the slow crushing weight of inevitable doom brilliant these new fast zombies are let's have an action movie maybe it's just thick but the only commentary i see is that people are inherently trash and given half a chance will just be totally awful to each other so who's the monster oh good just what we need christian moralizing oh my god um i get that this is put as in his commentary and it made me as uncomfortable as if it was, as it was supposed to. Um, Oh, lounge down with the sickness as a metal guy from the early aughts. I grew up digging disturbed less. So now can they make an album or even a song that doesn't sound exactly the same, please. <laughs> um, the lounge version is so cool and perfect song for this. Did we really need the let's get, to make a porno scene, I would agree it was a little overkill. Uh, I know it's short and it shows what an ass he is, but really, same with the post-credit stuff with him and girls taking off their tops. Yep. Okay, that okay that hurts the zombie baby execution. I get it, but babies, um, poor chips. <laughs> chips is the dog. Um, I really did not expect him to make it that far. Okay, Steve getting it in the face was very satisfying. Fuck that guy. Oh, I'm glad I watched the in credit scenes. I would have gone away entirely too hopeful afterwards if I hadn't. I love it. I love all of this. But I am I am now incorporating that phrase in my zombie vernacular. The where did it go? Inevitable crushing doom. Slow moving Crush- zombies, yeah. Yeah, slow crushing weight of inevitable doom. I mean, it really is because they're never really going away. No, no, not at all. So yeah, so thanks, Lyle. This has been fun. I'm glad. I'm glad that Lyle's joining us. I don't know who else is out there is joining us on these rewatches, but like, I'm having fun. It's it's enjoyable to. I don't know. I I don't know why I like this genre so much, but I really do enjoy the kind of having to survive against all all the odds. It's pretty good. So that's why it was what makes zombie movies good because it really like, it calls into question like who is the actual monster? Like, is it the Mm -hmm. dead people or is it the people trying to survive the dead people, which is something huge that gets called out in the walking dead eventually. Right. Well, because, I mean, The Walking Dead is eventually realized, it is revealed that 
the Walking Dead title refers to the survivors, not to the zombies. That makes sense. Yep. Yep, yep. All right. So um, next week we are reviewing the last two of our George Romero zombie movies. Uh, Day of the Dead from 1985 and Land of the Dead from 2005, which I actually saw in the movie theater. I, I was very excited that that was coming out because huh. it had been um, 15 years since the remake of Night of the Living Dead and um, 20 years from Day of the Dead. So it was like a big, it was a big deal if you were a zombie fan because it's like, it's a new Romero movie. Like it was a huge, huge deal. So um we'll talk about those next week. So if you haven't watched them, check them out. Any shout outs for you this week? Um, yes. Go for it. Seemed like a question mark also. (laughs) Um, uh, shout out to, uh, to, well, some of my friends came up to come hang out with me for my birthday, which I appreciate. Um, so shout out to them and then um, shout out to other Chelsea that I've met through this podcast and other podcasts because she's amazing and she always talks on um, Slack. Yes. Um, and I've met her in real life and she's amazing. Um, and she's also into BTS, which makes me super happy so I can K-pop with her and talk about nerd stuff at the same time. It's been really awesome. Excellent. Yes, we love we love Chelsea. Um, my shout out is actually to Chelsea and Lyle for. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of people that come and go on our Slack channel, but I feel like the two of you are are always consistently there for us to hang out. And um, I've already like we've mentioned a couple times that I need to be able to hang out with you and Chelsea at some point. Um, it Katie. needs to happen. Yeah, it needs to happen. And then uh, the other day my husband goes, so it sounds like we're going to have to go to Maine at some point to meet Lyle. And I was like, yeah, I think that needs to happen. Wait, so I don't Lyle. Lyle lives in Maine. I'm pretty sure that's where he lives. Oh my God. Wish I'd known that because I've been to Maine like a couple times, (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't know him then. So yes, makes so that's, I mean, it's definitely on our, on our bucket list of places to go because I've never been. So, um, you know, I've, now that my husband has reached all 50 states, he's like, well, do you want to? And I'm like, well, there's some that I don't have to go to. But Maine is pretty cool. I've been there. I've heard um, it's really pretty. Yeah, I've only been to like a small part of Maine. Um, we went to the Kittery training, Trading Post, which is basically like a giant Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty cool. So Awesome. All right. Um so again, next week we're going to be doing our next two Romero movies. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek. Oh, I'm sorry, I started completely. I am. I am just out of it this morning. It's been a long week. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek to Geek Network. Check out other Geek to Geek shows: The Geek to Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, which Katie is on, Disney Forever, which Katie is on. You can't stop me loving K-pop, which Katie is on. <laughs> the Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, which Katie is on. Making <laughs> Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. 
and sometimes Rob. And also check out our newest podcast, Farming Simulated, where Todd and uh, Bama talk about Farming Simulator. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bama Shocks, Troidal Power, and Gein. And make sure to join us in Slack or Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude, or me personally at epicgrays. Katie, where can we find you? Um, well, clearly I'm on a lot of podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you can find Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. Um, actually all of our podcasts are available pretty much everywhere. So you can just like look us up, but also Tea Time has its own website, which is teatimewithkc.com. Disney Forever and You Can't Stop Me Love and K-Pop are both on Anchor. So you can look us up there. We also have social medias that go with that i'm really bad at social media for disney forever so don't trust that i'll post anything there (laughs) (laughs) um but you can follow me personally on social media if you really want to um on twitter and both instagram by looking up the handle at lady Catherine p that's me um i talk about k-pop a lot and politics and sometimes other stuff so yeah super fun awesome awesome all right. Well, thank you again for joining me for for more zombie time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really enjoying this rewatch. And for all of you joining us until next week, make sure to keep it geek. <laughs>